Hey guys, it's Brian. Uh, this is a, another one of those weeks where we've got scheduling conflicts and illnesses and, and just a whole bunch of stuff going on. November just uh, ends up being a really difficult month. So um, this is going to be another best of uh, podcast, some really good stuff uh, inside this one. I think if you haven't listened to the show before, you're going to like it. And it's just going to make you fall in love with us all that much more. Uh, you can keep in touch with everything that's going on at the Comedy Zone by following their uh, social media at uh, Comedy Zone CLT on Twitter and Instagram. So check out the Comedy Zone website, cltcomedyzone.com, for uh, dates and details and all kinds of cool shows coming up throughout the rest of this year. Don't forget to book your company's holiday party at the Comedy Zone. That's always a really good time, too. And uh, you can keep up with us with the Comedy Zone podcast at uh, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, uh, Google Play Media, and I feel like I'm forgetting one, uh, cltcomedyzone.com slash podcast if you want as well. Also, tell two friends about us. Just you know, do all the things that you've been doing all along to help us continue to grow, and uh, we'll be back ideally if uh, you know, good Lord willing and the creek don't rise. Next week, uh, Will Jacobs will be back after his uh, six-week sabbatical, and uh, Sammy Joe will be feeling better, and my schedule should clear up, and every, everything will be just fine. So anyway, enjoy the show, everyone, and uh, we'll see you next week. From the Comedy Zone at the NC Music Factory in Charlotte, North Carolina, this is the Comedy Zone Podcast. Find us on Twitter at the CZ Podcast, and email us at ComedyZonePodcast at gmail.com. Now, your host, Will Jacobs. Comedy Zone Podcast. You know what time it is. We don't need to play games, Bri. The people know what time it is. This is a game-free zone. It's a game, it's a game-free zone. It's a game-free zone. You know what? I, it's a fact you may not know about me. I with The place that I grew up in, there are no playgrounds anywhere in the city. Is that true? Yeah. You know why? I don't. Because I don't play no games. Because you don't play no games. And game. they knew that when I came out the womb. They got rid of all them swings. So they paved them all. They g- paved it all over. They said, because this man don't play no games. <clears throat> There's a CVS on every playground now. <laughs> That's exactly what they did, bro. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's great to be here. It's great to be here back for another week. We're alive. We're breathing, doing what we love to do. That's always uh, the best. Uh, certainly better than the alternative. So we're happy to be here with y'all. We got a great show coming up today. We got a fantastic show. Coming today, uh, we have Paul Hooper, amazing, amazing comedian, and he's our first repeat guest. That's right. We liked him so much the first time. He was on with John Heffern, uh, August, around August last year. Yeah. And we liked him so much, we had him back. Yeah. And plus, he talked some, but we didn't really get to yeah, yeah. you know, talk to him a ton uh, the last time. I didn't get to talk to him at all because I wasn't here. Yeah, but we didn't get to talk to him a lot, so it's good to have. Uh, it'll be good to have him here. Uh, we also we got a major major announcement coming up in the third segment. I'm I'm giddy, and I don't get giddy, Brian, but I'm giddy about this. You are a little giddy. I'm giddy. Can you see the it's, giddy? I can see. There's a there's a glow. You're glowing. You see my knee wiggling. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, I do. It's, yeah. That's that's my giddy. <laughs> so, but this first segment, uh, I just wanted to talk about what's going on with me because I like to, you know. Use the opportunity to catch people up. A lot of stuff going on. Been doing more corporate events lately. I had a corporate event here this week, uh, and those are always fun. This one was interesting, though. Now, this was the safety. It was like a safety. No, you know what? That got that got moved back to February. Oh, so this is a different one then. Yeah. They weren't talking because the safety one is the one where they hired you, but they don't want you to be funny. It's weird that yeah. way. It, it, you know what though? I, I ended up having a meeting with the with the president and the head of human resources, and they do want some funny in there. Okay, that was okay. a bit of a, a misunderstanding. They do want some funny. It's just they don't want any funny around the safety talk. Oh, right, because there's nothing funny about right. safety. But I have full carte blanche to like make fun of leadership, make okay. fun of the CEO. There you go. All right. Oh, I can do all that stuff. The only thing I'm dicey on, when I had the meeting, the president, and this is a true story, had a booger in his nose. Now, you're sitting there with a guy that's head of a multi-million dollar company, one of the biggest companies in Charlotte, <laughs> and the man's talking to me, and I'm looking, I'm like, this dude has a rock, like a two-carat 
sitting in his nose. Do what do you do what with do you that? Do with that as a I'm comedian? a comic. What do you do with that? You know what I mean? Like, was it a test? Is it possible that he's savvy enough that he was testing you? I think God was testing me. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I think God was testing me, <laughs> but it was a test because I'm like, oh, I want to let. Because do you want to let him know? I feel like I'm all. I've always been the type where. If I have something going on, you need to tell me if you're my friend. Yeah, yeah. Or if you're somebody that likes me, tell me what is happening with my face. And I'm like, man, it's really messed up. But he's the president, so he's going to walk around all day with employees not telling him he's got this in his yeah. nose because he's the president. Yeah. If he was one of the secretaries, he'd be like, hey, Darlene, hey, Jim, you got a booger in your nose. <laughs> but he's the CEO. Nobody's going to tell him. No, nobody's telling Donald Trump he's got a booger in his nose. It's true. They're not even telling him it's messed up to say the things <laughs> he's saying about Muslims. <laughs> the Republican Party's scared to tell him that's messed up. <laughs> so you know they won't tell him if he got a booger in his nose. It's true. It's, that's just how it goes. But anyway, we had the meeting, and that was fun. Uh, and, and I got a lot of exciting stuff planned. For them, but this corporate event was something different. We had we had hooked it up. I talked to Mike here about it, and uh, I thought that Monday was going to be a meeting to go over what I was going to do for the corporate show. So I get here and I'm like, well, I, first I asked him. I said, what time's the meeting? Is the meeting still on for one o'clock? And he said, yeah, yeah, it's still on for one o'clock. And be ready. And I said, be ready. That's a strange thing to say about a meeting. And I said, okay. So I, I come to this meeting and the comedy club's full. And I'm like, this is a big meeting. <laughs> <laughs> all, <laughs> all these people to talk about oh, what I'm going to perform on a later date. 400 people here. This for is, me. <laughs> that's a big meeting we have in here. This is big. I, I didn't know it was this important. So I said, uh, yeah, who are we meeting with? And he's like, meeting. <laughs> I said, no, brother, you performing. I said, huh? <laughs> In 10 minutes. <laughs> Whoa. I thought I was 10 minutes early for the meeting. Now, how were you dressed? Just a, like Not sweatpants? For a show. And- <laughs> Not for a show. I wore, the- <laughs> I wore these pants that have a rip that go down the side. It, it's a pair of slacks, but it's like work <laughs> slacks that I just I'll drape something over. I'll have a coat, suit coat that I yeah. – but I didn't even bring the suit coat. I was so uh, casual for this meeting. I almost wore Timberland boots uh, with my slacks because uh, I'm like, we're just talking about the show. I could have wore a hoodie. It doesn't matter. No. It matters. It's yeah. Uh, yeah. So I came with all that, all that going on, and I I did the show, but they were like, Yeah, we're ready and uh we need thirty some minutes of clean comedy. Don't talk about any bedroom stuff. And uh there you go. Yeah. And it was it, it seemed like I got here ten minutes later I was on stage. So did you do the gay bachelor party bit? I sure did. Absolutely. And afterwards, the CEO, uh, <laughs> I said, I said, what'd y'all think of it? They were like, oh, all the people from the crowd, the audience were like, oh, it was so funny. Oh my God, you were so good. Da, yeah. da, da, da. I thought the show on a scale from one to 10, I gave it a seven. It was okay. Good. Yeah. That's- I, it wasn't one of those shows where I come home beaming about it. Yeah. No, it was, it was good. You know, it was decent, but the people were just, oh, oh, was, oh we loved you. And and then I was asking, well, I asked the woman that uh, was running it about it. And she said it was, you know, she was, she was like, it was good. I really, I really liked it. You really delivered. Thanks a lot. Great. Okay. But then I talked to Mike and he was like, yeah, I was talking to the CEO about you. And he said, uh, he said, that guy's a, he said, that guy's a hard ass. Somebody said, he said, that guy's just a stiff. No, he didn't say he's, he, he, I don't really think he said he's a stiff or anything, but he said he has a more. Wait, wait, he said the CEO was a stiff. Not a, not a stiff, but Ish. more conservative. Okay, okay. So yeah, he yeah, was yeah. like, he's like, I asked him about you. And he goes, well, uh, my, <laughs> what did he say? He said, he said, uh, he's, he was a little raw for my taste. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. <laughs> so even your clean stuff was a little raw. For well, cause the gay bachelor party. Because you party. did the gay bachelor party. The gay bachelor yeah. party just, hey, you either in or you out on yeah. that. <laughs> you either in or you out. So to speak. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, I love that bit because even when there's gay folks in the crowd, they just yeah, love it. Yeah, they just yeah. think it's so, yeah. you know, because we're all. It has something for everyone. It's got something. <laughs> I, 
<laughs> Except the CEO Except or whatever company that was. Yeah, and I imagine the you can always tell if like you know a room full of like four hundred people, but the, the HR department's not laughing. Yeah, the, 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 and there were two people. There was the one that like even the HR people, everybody loved it. It was just him. It was a little much for him. Yeah. And there was this one guy in the front row that I just he had that look on his face like I could do better than that. <laughs> <laughs> and you know fun. how it is when yeah. the one person is not in you yeah. could have 300 people that love it yeah and you but will leave think yeah. i'm like i'm gonna get him yeah never got him he Why just had that look like, like and maybe i inspired the next great comedian <laughs> he's like i'm better than that guy but you know so maybe i could take credit for that but he just was not into it hmm. he was not and he told me before the show he's like hey man better be funny one of those little silly <laughs> Things I hate. He gave you a like a wink and a and like the finger guns, or because that's like <laughs> that's the, the only that's the only thing he didn't do. Okay, you don't want oh yeah, the, the wink, the and the yeah. finger guns. He is did. Bad. He yeah. did forty percent of what I hate about corporate America <laughs> in two seconds. Oh, all right. Like stop that! Don't you do? Don't you do that? And then when they follow up with, uh, "You got a minute?" Th- then that's. <laughs> You know that's the one I hate. You got a minute. Got a minute's the worst. You Nothing good comes after got a minute. No, no, there's never been Nothing, anything. Yeah. They leave little any. That's a whole nother. <laughs> but anyway, that was so. That was one of the big things going on this week. It was a fun little fun uh, corporate event. And then I went to the doctors. I didn't talk about that, but I got a steroid shot in my knee. Right. Uh, because I the doctor told me I have uh, arthritis. In my right knee. Like a cortisone shot or some other... Uh, he called it a steroid. steroid. Okay. Uh, I guess that's a cortisone shot. Well, I mean, there's a bunch of different kinds of steroidal type uh, things that they might give you for a knee. If it's specifically for arthritis, they might have given you something else. But Well, when he said it, I was worried that it was a kind of like shrink your balls up when they talk no, about no, it. No, 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 no. So no. it wasn't like WWF. You don't have to worry. No, you don't have to worry about bulking up or anything like that if that's what you're concerned about. You Coming here looking like. <laughs> Roided out, getting <laughs> mad for it. <laughs> no. But, no, you don't have to worry about that. Yeah. But I did look at a list of the NFL's banned substances online. Yeah. And I was going to try to get the doctor to give me like a, you know, like slide me some HGH. <laughs> you know, don't give me the hard stuff, but. Give me what you give Ben Roethlisberger. Give me the clear. Don't yeah. give me the clear. Give me the clear. <laughs> give me the clear. Give me a little of that Barry Bonds, would you? Yeah. A little of that, uh, <laughs> little of that Raphael Palmero. You know what I'm Whatever saying? Whatever he had. I don't want to get too big. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> give me something to make you testify in front of Congress about. <laughs> give me something to make me lie in front of Congress. Yeah, give me something to make me That's lie to Congress. But <laughs> that was cool, man. So, you know, it's... My knee feels better. It does. It does feel better, man. That stuff's amazing. Yeah, it it, it really is. It, it hurt real bad for the first couple of days, and then after that, and that's what the doctor said it would do. He said it would hurt for a couple of days, and then after that, your knee would feel a lot better. Yeah. Well, they put the needle right right in the joint. It's right. I weird, mean, they don't play. Man. Yeah. They stuck. They yeah. stuck that needle right in there. Yeah. I'm like, wow. Yeah. It's, it, it's you. So you've fun. had that before. I've had. Yeah. I've had that. I've had a knee drained. Twice. Oof. I've had five surgeries. I've had, yeah. How did you hurt you? How did you originally mess uh, up? I have a a, a, uh, a chronic uh, condition called chondromalacia, okay. which is where the lining between the kneecap and the joint uh, goes away. So when you bend your knee, it's just bone on bone. And mm. so the kneecap's wearing away. So like 60% of my left kneecap's just gone. Mm. And so every eight or 10 years, there's, you know, schmutz floating around in the knee. So I have to go in and get the knee cleaned up and does it all do you ultimately need to get a replacement uh what? probably the last time i went i had the last time i had him done was 2009 and uh the doctor said you know it's too soon for you for you to have a replacement because they only last about 10 years anyway so you know with any luck at all i would need you know if i had it when i was let's say that was 2009 so i was 43 you know that's way too young to 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 have a knee replacement, unless you really super need one. Um, uh, but he said I'm definitely headed uh, in that direction with with both knees. Yeah. Oh my goodness. But uh, it blew up my left knee in college playing football. Uh, dislocated my right kneecap playing softball. That that was a good time. Playing? Um, so are you trying to dive for something? No, nah, I slid into home plate, and it was really as as opposed to a slide, it was more of a genuflection, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I uh, popped out my right kneecap. Oh my and, gosh! Uh, yeah. 
That's not as much fun as it sounds. No, dude. <laughs> That's not. That, yeah. So you, so then your stuff is degenerative. Um, initially, yeah. The biggest problem is is um, degenerative. The rest of it is just kind of you know remnants from old old injuries and stuff like that. So. Well, I need. I'm gonna stop complaining about my knee then. No, no, no. You can complain. It's all relative. It, it's not my my knee issues are no more or less important than yours. Yeah, I guess you're right. But that's that's uh. That's man. That's a lot. Does it hurt? Like when it rains or gets cold? Does it? Uh, when it gets cold, yeah. Um, going up, up or down steps. Um, is a challenge. I'm kind of reaching the point now where I'm thinking I'm. I may need to have the left one cleaned out again because it's starting to hurt a little bit and it locks up occasionally. Man. So yeah. Dude, the human body is wild. Yeah, man. and the knee, especially the knee, is such a delicate thing. It's just not made to do what what we put it through. Yeah. You know, and so even though I mean, you know, I didn't play football, you know, as long as a lot of people, but uh, even even just you know the little bit of football that I played, man, my my knees are just wrecked. At least you, at least you hurt your knee doing something like cool, like football. <laughs> you know how I messed my knee up, like originally, <laughs> falling down the damn steps. <laughs> I fell down the steps. I fell down the steps, and when I landed at the bottom, I could feel like my heel touching my back mm. like mm. it just mm. i mean it was just a brutal fall and uh it's been bad ever since i didn't do and they gave me the physical therapy i didn't do that right mm. i didn't listen it was like you got to work out i'm like i'm not doing anything you gotta do the physical therapy <laughs> that was my problem i didn't to. do it yeah. now my foot points outward like you know yeah. <laughs> like if i'm standing together my feet look like three o'clock like the one is pointing straight up and the other one kind of takes its oh. own angle there that's not good yeah, it sucks. Yeah, it sucks. I shouts out to my wife though. She that wasn't she. It didn't make her leave. <laughs> Not a deal breaker. No. Nah. <laughs> Amazingly, <laughs> I would definitely leave her for something like that. <laughs> Your feet. My wife. You can't have one foot that points out. <laughs> like, come on. Where? Uh, uh, come on. What uh-huh. kind of shoe? What kind of heels are you gonna wear? You know, honey, you look so good. You can't wait a minute. Yeah. What's up with your feet? <laughs> Hold on a minute. Eddie Murphy left a woman like that in Boomerang because her toes were messed up. This is legit. You can't have a crazy foot game and we just, you know. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I would not leave my wife for that. I wouldn't leave her for that. I would not leave my wife for that. It would take something crazy for me to leave my wife. My wife could cheat on me and I'm not sure I would leave her. Wow. Yeah. What if she was missing a toe? <laughs> Which one? Is it an important toe? <laughs> that's see. You know what? No, I would not. I, I would not. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I, and I'm just kidding. If my wife cheated on me, that's a whole different discussion. Me and my wife have talked about this. She has a much more rigid stance on that than I think I do. <laughs> than you do? Yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk about that. Let's let's tease that for some other time. We'll talk about that. This is interesting. All right. Well, that was a fun first segment. <laughs> it was a fun first segment. Like we should we move on. We got a lot to talk about. We do. We got a lot to do today. Uh, uh, coming up next, we have our interview, right? Yep. We have our interview with Paul Hooper. So we'll be back. Get ready. Welcome back, Comedy Zone Podcast. We're here with Mr. Greg Barron. What's happening, man? How's it going, brother? I like the Joe Jackson intro. Right? Yeah. Thank you. Let's go back to, Thank you. Let's oh go back God, to the beginning of time. You just made a new best friend because Brian's so excited that somebody knew who that was. Yeah. That well, wasn't I, Will. It's just two old people talking. Who cares? <laughs> right. I hear so yeah, much I, crap about the music I play in and out. No, man. Listen, if yeah. you didn't play Hollywood Vampires every song, <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't have a problem. A bunch of old guys getting together? What's better than that? Right? That's all, that's Hollywood all Vampires. Right. Oh, is that, 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 is that the Alice yeah. Cooper? Yeah, yeah, the Johnny Depp thing. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a little hurtful. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, when I, I watch that, I go, oh, man, that's you, dude. Just yeah, <laughs> that's a cool thing to do. Just don't do it in uh, publicly from a ca- <laughs> or a camera. That's right. It's fine if it's in your basement. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah Alice is coming. Is cool. Alice is coming over to the basement with Joe Perry, and yeah. but you know, 
Well, it's, it. it's, it's, it's cool that we have you here because we want to talk a little music with you. That's fine. You, you've done some of everything, man. Uh, like TVs, yeah. TV, movie, book. Yeah. Uh, off, you know. Porn. <laughs> you didn't see that? I didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no, yeah, I saw yeah, yeah. It's, it's called I'm, I'm Totally Into You. <laughs> and it's just, right? And right, then that's my favorite. Yeah, right. It's, uh, and then All the Way Into You is the sequel. I did yeah. three of them. All the Way yeah, Into yeah, You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The first one's also, very rom-com porn. Yeah, and then there's one that's Am I In You. So it's just, <laughs> right. it's, a, it's a fetish thing for small guys. Oh, I, I just that produced that one. Cast. That was right. uh, I'm gonna let, That one's going to be yours. Oh, right. okay. Small Thanks. guys that like big women. Am yeah, I in you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Am I in you? Taking anybody who's been on those Jerry Springer episodes. Right. As you, the can, cast. you can totally staff it with that. <laughs> yeah. So, so Charlotte, man, how you how you enjoying Charlotte? You you've been here before? I mean, no, this is my first time. Oh so, wow. Yeah. So the hotel is really nice. That's what I know. That's all. That's it, man. There's a beautiful. When they have a good Best in? Western uh, yeah. yesterday. Okay. Yesterday, I've done some. I've done some time in uh, uh, Raleigh, but I, this is my first time here. So. Um, well, we're better so than far. Raleigh. Yeah, I guess. I mean, you don't take that personally. I had no idea we were going to get in that kind of a situation. <laughs> I know she's uh, protective. I, uh, yeah, no. People rave about this place. People rave about it. So I'm, I'm. Uh, uh, I was excited to come here. You know, I'm excited to go anywhere. Really, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, like outside or. Now you're 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 in L.A. You still live. I live in, in Los Angeles. I live in the Studio City. Yeah. Studio. Okay. So, mm-hmm. you, so you you're. I love the way you said. I like that you used the word over. "still." So you still you're really you're hanging in there, huh? You're, you're still, still doing it, still, man. Still like that. Atlantic, a boy. Huh? Look at you clicking on like a barnacle. That's still your thing, huh? That's that's a boy, man. You're still you're doing that, huh? That's amazing. <laughs> so, so when did you come back to performance stand up, or did you ever not stop? I never didn't. I never wasn't a stand up. I was always a stand up. I was a stand up for 15 years before the book, and I kept doing it. The only time I stopped was. Well, there was t- twice when I had the talk show uh, for a year. Th- so I that was I didn't go out much then, uh, and then I quit in two thousand nine. Uh, I uh, I quit uh, because I didn't. It, the crowds were all women who wanted to talk about relationships, and that was never my. I wrote the book. He's just not that into for anybody who doesn't know who I am, and um, uh, so uh, it changed my stand up audience. To mostly women who wanted to a talk Q&A. about relationships, and that was oh, never my thing. Advice. Yeah, which is fine. I mean, it, it makes sense. Like, it's not their fault that that's how they know me. That's how they know me, you know. But I just didn't. I couldn't. I, I did. I wanted to just do stand up. You know what I mean? Like, I just wanted yeah. to talk about fingering my dog or whatever it was I was on about. You know what I mean? Like, whatever my bit was, which and, could help them in relationships. I mean, you, you know, know yeah, you know, it's. Uh, I asked, and you know what I mean. And the dog, you know, we had a relationship. I wouldn't just stick my finger in it. Right. Uh, how it was long earned. did you quit for? I quit for about seven or eight months. Okay. Yeah, but I was really like I had a I I, I what happened was I was in um I was in New York I was at Caroline's Comedy Club, and uh, there was a bachelorette party as there were many, uh, and there was just a woman that wouldn't stop talking, and the club didn't do anything about it, and I finally you know I tried to make a joke out of it. I go, do you like my books? And she said yes. I go, have you ever read my book? Fucking shut up and let the rest <laughs> of us enjoy the show. And I got nothing. And then... Uh, it's a bestseller. Yeah. And then I went over and I tried to play the other side of the room and I was just bombing. And it was literally the 20 years to the day that I've been doing stand-up. And then I just... The woman... I did this I did this big bit about magic and then she just went, boo! Mm. And I was like, oh... Uh, and then she went... She gave me the thumbs down and gave me a raspberry as well. Oh. And I snapped. I totally snapped. I took out like all of my... Any frustration I ever had in life, really quietly, I just walked over and I go, fuck you. Mm. I write in her face. I go, you, can I tell you something? I've been doing this for 20 years. This is the worst show I've ever had. Wow. Now, I'll bounce back, but the people in this room should have burned their money in the goddamn parking lot. You know why? Because you're awful. Mm. You're a horrible human being. You have a black heart. Oh my and I gosh. hate you. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> if you're, if you, um, was uh, this the bride to be? I, I uh, no. Okay. It was the, it was no, it was the maid of honor. The oh. bride to be was like, just in shock. Yeah. And, um, but if you know anything about show business, you know, in that moment, I'm not winning. I played my last card. She burst into tears. So it gets worse. She burst into tears, and I got nothing. Like I don't only, really, I didn't, I didn't think about what was happening. Yes. And she starts crying and she reaches into the bag and she pulls out a copy of he's just not that into you and she holds it up and she said you were supposed to talk about this we came to hear about relationships you're not good you're not funny blah 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 
And then it went to this whole other place where she started saying, I'm alone and my, oh, I don't have a oh, boyfriend. No. There it is. And she was, she wasn't very, you know, she, no was, she, was, she was young and she wasn't, and she was pretty even, but she talked like this and she was <laughs> snorting. And so it was very hard to for so her. Did you and have so the people sex? and the people next to her, <laughs> the people next to her were laughing so hard they were crying. Like they had to keep from laughing. At her? Yeah. And she's like, I'm alone. And then a dude stood up at the back of the room and goes, well, no wonder nobody will fuck you. Right. Oh. Right. And so then I was like, kind of, dude, cut it out. But at the same time, thank you. Right. And then another dude stood up and goes, hey, I'll fuck her. And the crowd just finally burst into like unified laughter. And I said, thank you. Good night. And I went off and I called oh my manager. My God. And I said, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. It, it's not anyone's fault that. This is what I'm famous for. It was the gift and the it curse was, of it. Right. But I don't want to go out and not do comedy. Like, I don't want to do this. So I quit, uh, which was a, you That's know, like a the perfect a, storm situation. Right. And then what I did was I finally, I started, like, I called a few, like, I asked, like, hey, if you can, if Attell will let me open for him, feature, or if Patton will let me feature, please get the, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't care about the money. I just want to go work in front of crowds that don't know me and I want to do comedy again. Mm. And eventually it built back up and then I had a podcast and that sort of changed things or whatever. And I was, you know, I was also irrational and struggling with some mental health issues clearly, but mm. I needed to like get that out of my system. And mm -hmm. it was just one of those weird things. It was like, you know, I had been on Oprah and I had, you know, I had this very, very popular book and even the books that followed it did well. And it just was like, you know, that's why they came. Yeah. And comedy people were like, I bet it's going to be about relationships. I don't want to go, mm. you know, because uh, they were like, I don't, you know, he's not the same guy as he was on his Comedy Central special. That's what the assumption was. Right. right. And see, you I, know? and I and see, I feature now and I know that some of the roughest groups are those bachelorette parties. Oh, my God. And so and you were probably getting more of them all the time. Than anybody. And they can be great. Sometimes they come and they know why they're there, but sometimes they were just like a part of a bigger plan that didn't involve you, and they're having their own party within the party that's your show. Big and if you're not big, a big crowd, yeah, right, yeah, they were in, literally wearing cock hats, like they were at hats, and they were all this, they had all that <laughs> stuff with them, and the girl was wearing. I'll you take know, mine off now. Yeah, <laughs> just it was really. Um, uh, it, but so anyway, but but I'm also like I'm not complaining. I sold out, and I had take you know. But it just was different, different, and also and also I never felt like the book needed to be talked about. Like I didn't really even enjoy the talk show because I don't think I like books because they're books, and then you can have whatever relationship you want with it, and no one's yelling at you. You know what I mean? Sure. But like on a talk show, or even if you're talking about it on stage, you have to take a point of view, and that point of view is always going to sound didactic or like you're preaching, and who? Nobody goes to a comedy show to be yelled at or well, told how to live their lives. Well, let me ask you, were, were people, even with that, were people confused about your message? Because it seems like your message with the book and everything else is, here's how you can tell he's not into you, right? But are some women like, well, why is he not into me? Or how do I get him back? Well, that's not necessarily what you're... At that point, I'm like, I'm like look, if you want to stay in the problem, then stay in the problem. I'm not going to answer those questions for you. Why? Right. First off, if he tells you why, it's not going to make you feel any better. You know, um, and uh, there's no really like like you only get one chance to own the piece of property. And the best thing you can do in a situation like that is just walk away and go, you know what? This doesn't work. This doesn't this. This is not up to the standards of how I live my life. Right. And I'm not going to do it. So I'm leaving. And usually you'll feel good about that later, even if it's hurt, even if it's hard. And the other person will have respect for you, whether they did before or not, because they're like, whoa, well, you took control of the situation. Right. Look, I did it at a comedy club. I worked in a club in San Antonio when I was first headlining and the and they put me in a condo and the condo was just a nightmare. And I just went back to the club. I go, I'm a human being and I live <laughs> I live in a house with people and clean sheets and I'm not staying here. And the guy goes, well, everybody stays here. I go, I don't care who stays here. I don't. So you I'm, I'm like, I'm like, put me in a motel six. I'm fine with that. It's not that. I just am not going to sleep in somebody else's juice. Mm. So <laughs> they fired. Yum. They said, they said, well, you're done. And I was like, fine, but you have to put me in a hotel room tonight and I'll fly home. And, you know, I caught some heat from it from other comics or whatever. But I'm like, it's just a level that sometimes in life. And, Decency. You know, yeah. And everybody lowers their standards and it lowers it for everybody. Right. So when when women lower their standards or men lower their standards, they're not doing any favors for their peers. 
Right. You know what I mean? So right. it, 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 and that's the way it works. So that's the basic. The message is much more universal than men versus women. But also in that moment, you're in a more of a position of strength. I mean, financially, you were in a place where you could afford no, to do that. Absolutely not. No? no, I was not a big headliner. I was I, I was working in a club where the where there was a condo and there was juice on the bed. You were like supposed how to be I happy was. I wasn't. Yeah, this wasn't an A room. Mm-hmm. You know, this was right. Right. I was supposed to be okay with it. And and so I wasn't it was a financial mistake or, or was I took a risk, but I it didn't matter to me because I was like, I'm not I'm not gross. I'm a person. I have. Stan- yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm not asking for it's the rich. It's more important. Yeah. And as comics, we if we don't do that, we get walked on. Because comics are like the plankton of show business, right? We're like, <laughs> comics are like the celebrity you can meet, right? Where it's like, right. oh, no, you should come take a picture with me because you're just a comedian. And it's like, well, maybe or maybe not. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like why right. am I any less valuable than a guy from the band Train? You right. know what I mean? Like, right. you know, and I mean, not to throw Train under the bus. So I but, carried away. Yeah. yeah, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. I, not that there's anything wrong with taking a picture of meeting yeah. and greeting. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think sometimes the expectation lowers the quality of the because you know you saw that thing with schumer where she got mad at that guy because he said you owe us this and yeah. it's like no yeah. nobody I owe you anything no uh-uh yeah. right and now you instead of buying something you're taking a free photo on your phone and then i don't want a million pictures you know I mean? like it's one of those yeah. things like i don't mind meeting people i like people and i'm like, happy to meet them but like right the assumption that you're sort of this wor- workable movable thing right that's comics faults so that's not their fault that's the way we've sort of positioned ourselves yeah yeah. yeah, I have a question for you because I when I saw your Twitter, it said you had a pod concert coming up. Yeah, pod concert. I've never heard of a pod concert. I like to make up words. I um, love it. My first thing was a pod cuddle, um, the original <laughs> podcast I had. Yeah, it's just like I, it's like I play music and I have a people on and I uh, and then uh, and then we do it live and that's it. So I just call it a pod concert. I like it. Thank pod you. Concert. Yeah, yeah. So how did you how did you get into? Had you always been into music? Or I mean, yeah, music was like my thing in college, and and that was my you know I wanted to be in the replacements. I wanted to be uh, in a band, and um, but the band thing was not you know a lot has to happen to have a good band. You know what I mean? Like for it to work, you mean? Yeah, for like a career. Yeah, one of those things is you should have some talent. So I was lacking (laughs) that in a lot of ways, Um, but I was pretty good at comedy uh, or pretty funny. And when I was moved back to San Francisco after getting a theater degree from the University of Oregon, which is the exact same thing as failing out of college, (laughs) a theater degree, same. Except now you're more in debt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you actually look dumber. You actually, you know, if you were going into a job interview with that or your steering wheel, the steering wheel would do, people would be like, (laughs) how'd you get that out of your car? Now that's interesting. Your theater, I don't know, do you want to do a monologue or something? I don't know why you're here. Um, (laughs) But the, um, so I got into an improv group in San Francisco at my mom's behest because she always thought I should do comedy. And so I did went to this audition and Margaret Cho was in the group and she was like, oh my God, you should do stand up. And I'm like, am I being kicked out of the group? I feel like, <laughs> I feel like, I mean, by myself. But she had done stand up for, she'd been doing stand up for about four months. And then she encouraged me to do it. And so That's I awesome. did. And then I loved it. And then that was it. That's a great story because a lot of times people talk about their parents discouraging them from trying. I think my parents knew I had one skill set and that was the only thing I was going to make any money out of. They I mean, knew they what were was not, best for you. Yeah, they were not dumb. They were like, holy kid, this guy's not going to write anything. Nothing else is fitting, right? Well, it just was, I think I grew up in a time where, um, School was way, you know, like they, you really, you really were like, if you don't go to school, you're not going to make it kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. whereas now I think it's, I, I don't know that a college education is necessary. Right. Truly. Depending on what you want to do. Yeah, I, I mean, you know certain I mean? amounts of information are necessary. Absolutely. Right. There's, mm-hmm. there, there, there's, there are things in college that where you learn the vocational skill that you're going to, mm-hmm. like, I don't say just wing it as a doctor, not a good idea. Right. Right. right? Um, from the stuff you learned on the internet, mm-hmm. but um, web empty. But there are things, there are careers, writing, journalism, things like that, where you don't necessarily. I agree with that. You know, you can figure it out on your own. Now with blogs and the internet, I mean, you can kind of do your own thing. You can and also build educate a body of work. Yeah, and you can educate yourself. Yeah. I mean, you can you can really because you Without can curate your own tuition. education. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's interesting. But then, my daughters who are ten and thirteen. My 13-year-old, and they're both engaged in, like, like I never, I, I didn't care about the elections when I was 13, but they're both wow. engaged. Like, they know about it. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll say, like, you know, they'll come downstairs and go, so Trump's the candidate, right? And I was like, yeah. 
and then we all hide but the <laughs> right but you know what i mean like they they definitely are engaged and They're they were asking about de- they were asking about the super delegates and, and because they want to be or because that's what's all over the no, internet I think, and I, I, think I was just curious because i think a, because their friends talk about it sure yeah you know yeah. Wow. You wouldn't think that kids that age were plugged in like that politically. That I think that they I think it's a byproduct of just having a phone. Right. I think it's a byproduct of the Internet. You sort of can't miss it. And then also there's some drama in it and it's interesting. Right. And then True will, or my daughter True will ask, like, well, you know, what are what what are we? And I'm like, well, you can be whatever you want. Your daddy's a lefty, <laughs> uh, hardcore forever lefty. But now I find as I'm older, I'm a very much a more um, rational lefty. Like middle of the you road know? lefty. I wouldn't say middle of the road because my social views are wide, but my but 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 my uh, awareness of the um, uh, of the radical side of the left wing, which is just as loud as the radical side of the right wing, sure. is uh, the reason the parties are falling apart or anything's getting done. You know, you can only do you know the, there's just too much social justice warrioring going on. And if any liberal heard me say that, they're like, you're using that term against ourselves. And I'm like, well, you know, we <laughs> make 10% true. out of a teapot and we don't deal with the real shit. Right. So if we get stuck in some kind of a, you know, a conversation about a thing that's more trivial than the schools and, you know, the stuff that's really important, jobs, you know, right. jobs, you know, that's what we should be talking about. Right. You know, industry, where things are, why people aren't working, you know, we shouldn't get stuck in, in bathrooms. You know, I'm not saying right. that that's, I'm not, I don't want to get into that, but what I'm saying is, you get stuck there and then you realize what you're actually talking about and you're like this has gotten a lot this has been a big deal and uh and there's a point of view and a side to it and i get it but it's hardly war and it's hardly education and it's hardly things that are really important yeah and this is the stuff we get stuck in um uh both the left and the right that kind of ruin the process right but we're not political here yeah every time we have this podcast we're like we're not political and then we go into. Then we spend half an well, hour talking about bad things. I think it's interesting. Well, it is interesting, and it, and it, and it um, but it's interesting only because like, it, like that particular issue never even occurred to me. I just never thought about it. I just when people just go to the bathroom, I don't know who goes to the bathroom. I don't check right. when right. I'm in there. I don't look at anybody. I don't care who the fuck's in there. It really right. doesn't matter to me. So anyway, you're not sword fighting I don't, when you're in there. If a llama fucking comes in, I'm like, just move. I gotta go. Like I don't <laughs> care. Right, right. I never thought about it. And I think part of the fact is that it's become a thing that somebody actually brought it up, and now people are considering all their bathrooms and what you know. And so I think it's, um, uh, you know, I'm I'm all for gender equality and that kind of stuff. But I'm also, I'm also like. Just use your rational, common, good sense. Just you know, what, yeah. what's be- what's the best for everybody? What works for everybody? What, what you know? Why does it you know? Why, why does one agenda override somebody else's agenda? There's a very good reason for a transgender person to be able to go into the bathroom of their choice. There might also be good reasons why not. Uh, you know, there might be. Maybe there's two sides to it. Maybe there are p- two opinions that work. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's hard. I mean, it's you this know. one's a lawyer by day. Yeah. No, 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 yeah, but it's it's interesting though. And when you talk about something like that, I, I always think about: is it the voters' fault or the politicians' fault? You know, or because both. Are, are the politicians just reflecting what we are, and you know we're so divided that they are divided, or they're so divided they've made us divided? You know, what I, I mean? think once you become a politician, you end up. Um, voting you're ultimately you ultimately it's like it's like signing a it's like signing a tv deal so as soon as you sell a show to a network it belongs to them not you so when people are like man they know you know they didn't let us be who we were then don't sell it to them make your own tv show start your own network i mean that's the thing so uh, politicians same trade-off you have a constituency you have needs in your particular area money yeah and so you you're in somebody's pocket immediately Everyone's in somebody's pocket. Obama was in people's pockets. So it's the system then. It's the system. It's absolutely the system. And I think that's kind of where I land too. And I also think Barack Obama in the system, but also a good person. In my, you know, on some level. Yeah, I would agree with that because there's people who are in the system that don't. To me, are like that's a questionable person. The argument of having somebody outside the system is just as is just as. Okay, so they don't know how to get things done, is what you're saying. They have right. radical ideas, but they don't know any of the players. It's a far. What they're saying is, is they're like they're going to come into your club that everyone there knows each other, and they're not going to know anybody, and no one's going to have their back. 
or be interested because everyone's scared. It's, it's beautiful to think that somebody could come in and radically shake something up. But at the end of the day, I, 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 I don't, without a revolution, and I'm yeah. not encouraging one, right. things aren't going to change. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, this is the system. The, yeah, the system is going to have to be, and I think the Republican Party's done it to itself right now. I think they've really shaken to the well, point where they go, mm-hmm. are we going to re, uh, are we going to real? you know, what's going to happen? It's very interesting. It, that's fascinating what's happening it's very with that party because they yeah. got some soul searching to do yeah. right now. Yeah. 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 Okay. I wanted to get into a little bit lighthearted yeah, yeah, yeah. material. Yeah. Cancer? Yes. Yes. How did you know? I just, I, I really I, like I, bald guys. So that's where my love starts. No. I okay. talk about it in my act. The first time I saw a woman without any hair in her privates, I thought she had cancer. I was at a strip club and she came out and I was like, what oh my year God, was that this? 89. Okay. This is going to come full Hold circle. It's club. great. Yeah. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. 89. So glad, what is, I'm glad you said that. What is the f- name of your first pet? Captain Crunch. This is amazing. We're off to a good start. We're good. We're good. And the first street you lived on? Edgewood Avenue. Captain Captain Crunch Crunch Edgewood. Edgewood. Just Edgewood. I would just stick with Edgewood. Crunch Edgewood? Yeah, Captain Crunch Edgewood. Or just Captain Edgewood. Well, here's the thing. It, we were doing this, playing this game before you you came in. Where because we're very mature. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Your stripper name is your first pet and the street you grew up on. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. My. My. Yeah. So I would be Captain Crunch Edwards, uh, or Edgewood. Edgewood, Edgewood, or I would be Captain Edgewood. I like Captain, I like Captain Edgewood. Edgewood because then it's a pirate themed thing, um, and like it sounds like a British, pirate, you know what I mean? Like so, it's like it's very nautical, and I'd come out with a gigantic coat. In there would be like wind and rain, you know what I mean? Like it would be an old, old captain, like a sea captain, like an unsavory old man with a burr, you know what I mean? Like just not, not the guy you want to see strip at all. Wooden leg. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, wooden leg. Yeah, maybe yes, a peg leg. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And I'd have scurvy smell and syphilis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Smell like the sea. Yeah, smell <laughs> like the sea. But then I put some kind of perfume over it, so it's just a lot of smells and a little bit like ass, and it's just it's an unpleasant experience for everybody. But so it's, wh- but where, it's also really well thought out. What club would you be at? Because I just need to make sure I have my ones ready. What club will I work at? Yeah. Um. Well, I like to work the ship. Okay. <laughs> yep. Uh huh. Yep. I've done the I've done the plank a couple of times. I love that one. Mostly nautical themed places. Right. But yeah. also, but also uh, uh, the Comedy Zone. I've done that before. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I'm actually doing a. Um, I think you guys probably know it. There's a uh, that show. Um, uh, this is not happening. The Ari yeah, Schiffer yeah. show, mm-hmm. I love and they that shoot show. that oh, yeah. at a strip club in uh, Los Angeles. And I'm gonna get. You I got your change. theme. Yeah, so I'll, I'll I'll go out as the as Captain Edgewood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But the surprise is under the coat. Then you're like, oh, this was worth it. <laughs> well, that's. I think that's a good note to end on. So there's what do you? A, there's so this you, doubloon. Yeah. What, so what do you have coming up that people <laughs> should be plugged into? What do I have coming up? Yeah. I mean, I'm just tor- at Gregory Barrett. It's all on my Twitter feed. Okay. It's that way you don't have to try and remember something. It just comes in my feed, and and uh, and uh, I'm touring. That's basically what I'm doing right now. I mean, I have a couple things in the works. Um, I'm going to shoot something for Comedy Central. I'm going to be on at midnight, I think, on the 17th. Oh, uh, you know, doing a couple things like that. But, uh, yeah, so that's it. Well, thanks for stopping by, man. Yeah, Much man. Much continued it was a, success. It was, it was a pleasure. A lot of fun, man. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. We'll be back. Welcome back, Comedy Zone Podcast. Yeah, baby. We smoothing it out for you in the morning. <laughs> Me, Brian, D'Angelo. <laughs> <laughs> that's about all I got, Brian. So we can go ahead all and right, cut the music. <laughs> Here it goes. No, but that's that's I love that kind of soulful yeah, nice. kind of group. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that kind of stuff, man. I'm a big D'Angelo fan. It is my opinion that D'Angelo is the Marvin Gaye. Of my generation. All right. Yeah. And I stole that from Questlove of the Roots. He said it, <laughs> but I've been walking around saying it like I came up with that shit, but uh, I did not. So anyway, uh, fun interview with Steve, man. That was great. Steve's a good dude. Yeah. That was yeah. I really I really enjoyed uh, sitting talking with him, and he sat across from me because normally the guests sit to my left, but Steve sat across from me, and the moment we locked eyes, man, I knew we got something here. Me and Steve, we got something in this interview. You know, could you could you feel 
that podcast chemistry. I felt yeah, there was kind of an electric little little like where I saw you guys had a moment, and yeah, so I just laid back. It, that, that's how yeah. that's how I felt for me, man. It's like I looked at him and he looked at me, and then my back straightened up, and I said, "Whoa, this is <laughs> yeah, we got a chance to make some gold here." Yeah, that was cool. I I, uh, I think you know we learned a lot. We, yeah, we 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 you know made made light of a great comics passing yeah at the very end which which you know that's that doesn't happen very often and you know what greg <laughs> i i've seen greg Geraldo. Yeah. he would have wanted it that way greg would have <laughs> I, I, I know greg yeah. would have wanted it that way but like i said the moment he and i locked eyes i knew i know yeah. I, I felt like it was the same like it was almost like when whenever paul mccartney locked eyes with john lennon yeah first time sure you know or michael jackson locked eyes with uh bubbles the chimp uh they said you know what this is special this is we we could do some things here you know what i mean so whatever other great duos but anyway uh me and steve had fun i hope y'all enjoyed that interview because i sure did want to move on now and transition a little bit i actually a lot of people don't know that doing this podcast i have to leave work uh to come do the podcast so now the place I work at that, you know, they're having these meetings and stuff and, uh-huh. and, and different client stuff and all that. So sometimes I literally have to duck out. Uh, <laughs> to, so sometimes I do this podcast and I'm like, I wonder if I have a job when I go. No. Back. <laughs> I, I may not. I may just come back in here for a fourth segment. Wait, so you just you don't like tell you just disappear. You I don't even say of, anything, man. Well, yeah, I leave out of there like I'm shoplifting. I move, I move in silence, brother. I sit there, and you might have somebody up at a presentation, and I might drop a pin, and then I duck, and I crawl the hell out of that room. Yeah, and then it's like, well, Will, what? Oh, Will must have went to the bathroom. No, Will went to the comedy zone. Okay? So that's – but, you know, that's why I love this podcast and comedy, man, because a lot of my background is, you know, as an attorney, corporate culture, that kind of stuff. So I'm very familiar with how that works. And if you're not built for that, it can like slowly choke the life out of you. And that's what, you know, that's what you feel sometimes, particularly as an artist. Like sometimes I sit back and when my, and when people would talk to me and go, well, you know, you got a great thing. Like I had a woman come up to me, true story at at a show that I did in Greenville, South Carolina, uh, a couple months back. And, And I do a joke on stage about transitioning from law to comedy and everything else. And she walks up and she goes, I really enjoyed that joke. But don't quit your day job. Yeah, that's that. That's what she said. Yeah. And I and I and I was like, "Well, are you saying I wasn't funny? What are you trying to say to me yeah. right now? Just be out and say what you got to say." And the woman said, "Well, no, I'm not saying I'm not saying you weren't funny. You were really good. But your wife, you talk about her, and she sounds lovely. She's gonna want the finer things in life, and you'll be able to provide them as a lawyer." But as a comedian, uh, you may want to rethink that. I said, first of all, you clearly don't know shit about attorneys. Because if you think every attorney has the ability to provide anything besides hot dogs and noodles and noodles, then you don't know a lot of us. Okay, first of all, you graduate from law school with a mountain of debt. Unless you got scholarships all along the way, you got a mortgage when you step off the stage. So not only every month am I paying whatever my bills are, I'm paying a house payment in student loans. So that leads to <laughs> you ain't always got the finer things. And particularly if you, you know, start practicing some areas of law that, that don't make a lot of money, uh, that that is a that, that's a total myth. And when the woman said that it I, I took a second while she was talking and I thought about it and I'm like, you know, 10 years ago. I would have said something like, you know, no, 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 let me enlighten you. Mm-hmm. Let me set you straight. Yeah. And then I would have, you know, this is my passion, blah, 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 blah. But all I said to her was, well, um, I'm glad you enjoyed the show. Uh, get home safe. Yeah. And that's yeah. all I said because there's like this, it's almost like Neo with the Matrix, man. When you are walking in your purpose, when you're doing exactly what you were put here to do, all that kind of chitter chatter, that's all it is. It's mm-hmm. just people talking about kibbles and bits. You yeah. don't even hear it. It's noise. Yeah, it's like the bullets coming at Keanu Reeves and he's just moving right through them. Like, I'm so in my lane with this. Like, comedy is so what I'm here to do that I don't even, it doesn't affect me. Any kind of negative, well, that's a pipe dream. And I don't even hear it, man. So it's like she was talking to me and it just deflected off me. And I was able to be like, well, you have a nice evening. I appreciate appreciate you coming out. Yeah, yeah. It didn't mean a thing to me. But that's that's part of the way you know that you're walking in your purpose and and that something is what you were designed to do. Yeah. You know, because that that stuff doesn't doesn't affect you like that. 
So, you know, that was that was a moment for me. I don't really know why I started talking about that. Why did I start talking about that? I don't know. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah. So yeah, so that, <laughs> welcome to the stream of consciousness podcast. Where I just say whatever pops in my welcome head. Welcome to Will Get Stuff Off His Will Chest. Will Get Stuff Off His Chest. <laughs> uh if you want to jump in on Twitter and, and tell us what we, what the hell we would talk about. Yeah. <laughs> that would be Remind us why Will told us. Oh story. corporate. Oh, the, oh yeah. Corporate yeah, culture yeah, as yeah, being yeah. an artist uh in a corporate culture. So but that but with that corporate stuff, there's so many things that start to annoy you. It's like you see patterns. Like I had uh I forget who it was years ago described me. They said, you're the kind of person where you live in this world, but you're really kind of off watching yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You know, like you're in it, but you're not in it. Yeah. Like, and that's what I know, like with that corporate culture, man, it's like, like simple things annoy me sometimes, like the way people talk. Like I'm the kind of person where say what you want to say. Don't skirt around whatever yeah. you have to say. You know, I'm a very direct person. That's why you will never see me in a Twitter beef a Facebook beef, any of that. I believe in looking a person in the eyes and telling them they ain't shit. I won't type it. You won't hear from me. Any beef you see with me online will be a one-sided beef. It'll be half undercooked because I'm not, I'm not participating. I'm going to wait till I see you and tell you exactly what I think, you know? So, so that's, that's how I am with that stuff. But in corporate culture, man, it's so much passive aggressive. Like you walk in and somebody will go like, Brian, you come in on Monday and let's say you weren't there Friday mm-hmm. and you might have a higher up or one of your coworkers go, hey, Brian, uh, hey, we missed you on Friday. Translation, where the hell were you? Right, right. You know what I mean? Right. Just ask me where the hell I was. Right. And, and then I could tell you it's none of your damn business if I get ready to. Right. But just say what you mean and mean what you say. And that's how people are, man. It's just like they don't or they might walk in the room and go, OK, everybody, let's, uh, you know, let's try to stay focused on on the task here. Translation. Shut the hell up. Shut up. Yeah. Just walk in and tell everybody shut up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that that's all you got to do. So but that's how that corporate stuff is, man. So a lot of office environments I've been in, I've enjoyed my coworkers and stuff, but I never quite fit. I just I, I never I just never quite fit. And so much of it is BS sometimes to mm-hmm. me, because when you tell me like they'll do these things like uh, corporate appreciation day and they'll say, oh, where well, everybody gets to wear jeans one day a week. And yeah. people will go, wow, this is a good yeah. man. They're really taking care of us here. It's like, oh, well, every two weeks we bring in cookies and muffins and they'll be in the break room free of charge. So enjoy, everybody, because we appreciate you guys. Here's a cookie. Yeah. Yeah. Here, right. Here, here's a <laughs> here's a cookie. And my thing has always been ain't no need for you to do that. What's on that paycheck? The yeah. paycheck tells me everything I need yeah. to know about how much you do or don't appreciate me. So save your damn cookies and your streamers on my birthday. Don't even send me an email. You don't need to know what my birthday is. It does not matter. Everything they say to me, that's cool. But what's on that paycheck, though? Yeah, That's all I'm interested in. What is on that paycheck? Because as long as you're paying me bullshit, you're not fooling me with the cookies and muffins. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> Take that damn money for the cookies and muffins and give me an extra dollar an yeah. hour. How yeah. about that? Yeah. You know? So I don't I don't go for that. And then and don't let the place they, they, be a place where they don't give you benefits. You don't even care if I live or die and you're right. gonna tell me <laughs> you brought me some damn cookies. Yeah. Cook hell, cookies will give me diabetes. I can't get treated because <laughs> y'all don't give me benefits. So you so in essence, you're trying to kill me. Yeah. You know, you're trying to slowly kill me and then I don't have any benefits to get. So, no, nah, that's BS. And then, and Chris Rock did a bit about this a long time ago. It also tells you what kind of place you at, how long your lunch is. There's places that you get a couple hours for lunch. Yeah. There's places where you get an hour of lunch. And then there's places where you get an unpaid 30-minute lunch. <laughs> that unpaid 30-minute lunch, oh, you know where you working at. <laughs> and you know how much they appreciate you. They don't. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> like, that's. You can't even fool me with that stuff. So, you know, when I sit there in these places, I'm not looking at anything but my paycheck. Now, the only exception to this is if you have a place that can't afford to pay you more. If you're working for a nonprofit, mm-hmm. if you're doing something where you help the homeless and that's what the, they can't afford to pay you as much. So they do other things to, you know, make it a better environment. And so you can enjoy your job a bit more because you're doing it for a good cause and you can't afford it. But when you're dealing with some corporate shit, yeah. For profit private entities. Yeah. And they telling you they can't, you know, pay you for this, can't pay you for that. Here's your little ass paycheck, but we got we let you wear uh jeans and, and a t shirt on, on the weekends. <laughs> First of all, why am I here on the weekends? <laughs> if you appreciated me, you wouldn't have my ass in there on Saturday. Right. 
And then, so anyway, I could, I could go on for that about a long time. But that's my message to everybody. When you go to places and you work in places, just show me the paycheck. Yeah. Like Cuba Gooden Jr. said, show me the money. That tells me everything I need to know about how much y'all appreciate my ass. That's all I need to say. Yeah, yeah. I worked I worked in an academic environment for mm. about four years. And it's it's um it's very much the same as a as a as a creative person kind of you know in an academic environment um you would pitch ideas and things like that and talk to people and all they can think about is you know how do i go from this position to this position to that they're they're only thinking you know of themselves so Mm. it's like you know it's swimming with sharks but in a tiny little pool it was just a really bad environment um I worked um, eventually at a production house, and um, we were doing. You'll appreciate this. We were doing a video uh, mission statement mm. f- f- for a very large company that makes uh, machine parts for companies oh, all wow. over the world. So a big, huge manufacturing company. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're in the CEO's office, and he's giving his you know his video mission statement, which would be played on the you know internal uh, closed circuit system. This was sort of pre you know when video was still really clunky on the internet, so they had to use closed oh circuit yeah, television. yeah yeah yeah. And he he actually said <laughs> in the mission statement said um, we have to we have to empower our employees with directed autonomy. Mm. What? <laughs> What the we have heck? to empower our employees with directed autonomy. What the hell does that even mean? Which means you still have to do what we tell you to do. Right. But yeah. Oh. <laughs> but we want you to think you have free thought. Directed what, yeah. autonomy. <laughs> directed autonomy. The phrase directed tells you it's not autonomy. <laughs> See, that's right, what I'm saying, right. man. We were, I was in the guy's office. I, it, it took everything I had to not laugh out loud. Dude, Dude you better than me. I can see your face. I know you would turn it red. Like, are you serious? I'm sorry, sir. Can you repeat that? <laughs> that we're going to need to do that line autonomy. again because, uh, yeah. But, Brian, the part that kills me is you have other people that go for that shit. Oh, yeah. They'll no, be sitting there like, oh, that, well, that's a, well, that's a mighty fine mission. Who buy into it 100%. Yeah. That's what fuels the places, yeah. man. I yeah. mean, that's that's what fuels places. And the thing I've learned, too, is the more that they say they appreciate you and how important what you do is, the less it actually is. You know, like, oh, I just wanted to take a second and tell you guys that what you do, what you all are doing is so important to what we do here at blah, 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 blah. You know, it's like the more you say that, the more I know this is some bullshit. Yeah. I know I'm not important because yeah. you wouldn't have to keep telling me that. That's yeah. like when the, uh, the woman on the help was telling the child, you smart, you kind. Uh, That's because you're telling somebody that might not believe the shit. Right. Yeah. You yeah. know, so you're looking at us like, well, they saw their paychecks. So that clearly says they're not that important. So let me say they're important yeah. over and over again. I ain't going for that shit, man. I feel like you would know my name if you thought I was important. <laughs> I feel like that's, that's, yeah. Or you would say hi when I walk by in the hallway. Right, exactly. Or you know what I mean? Not avert your eyes. Not right, not yeah. avert your eyes. You come on, man. You're not fooling me with this. And I want to scream it when I'm there. So that's why I'm glad I have the podcast at this. It I'm, dude, I'm telling you, it dry it takes everything for me not to laugh these times, man. Yeah. Like, and they'll do still like shit like put stickers on your computer. Such and such uh, uh made the most calls this morning, so somebody's getting a froggy sticker. Man, you need to hop your ass on out of my cubicle, fourth man. Grade? Yes, what is this? <laughs> dude, I worked at a place where they gave all all the people in the room that were uh like higher ups or whatever, they put like a little a little thing a flag or something that stuck up from their computer, like a little, almost like a fairy wand that they stuck up from the computer so people would know who the certain positions and levels were. I'm like, at that point, you just might as well give me a fucking wizard that, hat. Yeah. Like, this, let's just go full Harry Potter. Give me a big-ass Dumbledore hat, and every time you ask a question, I can bless you with my little magic <laughs> wand. This is the silliest <laughs> shit I've ever seen in my life, man. But you got to sit there, and but yeah. you got you got to play the game because you got a family to feed, you got bills yeah. to pay. I, can't, I I'm sitting there looking around like I can't be the only person that realizes this. But yeah. you know, but some people, like you said, man, some people yeah. really buy in. Yeah, some people. I I remember growing up, man. I looked at, you know, somebody like my grandfather, man. I remember my grandfather worked. Um, it was like a steel company, man, and this dude worked there for like thirty some years. And it came up like a few months 
before it was time for him to retire and collect his pension. Yeah. And they let him go. So they wouldn't have to give it to him. Yeah. And I said, and I remember being young and seeing that and saying, that's bullshit. Mm. You know, I wasn't allowed to cuss, but I said it in my head, <laughs> I said, granddad, this is bullshit. You know, like at the end, and it, I mean, it used to be at least you got to go watch. And yeah. You, and you got a retirement. Yeah. But now they don't even do that. So when people look at me like I'm crazy, it's like, well, you'd rather what? I roll my dice with these corporate environments, mm. the world of cutbacks and layoffs and bottom lines. Or can I bet on me and my ability to do what I love and people respond to it? Uh, I'd rather I'd rather put my money on me. Yeah. And that's and that's what this whole thing comes down to for not only me, but so many artists, man. It's like if you get up there because every time you hit the stage and you know this too, Bri, every time you hit the stage, it could go catastrophically wrong. Yeah. It, there's that dance that you do because you're dealing with the public. You don't know these people. At least when you're famous enough, the people coming out, you know, they bought a ticket with your name on it. So they're there to see you. And even then it can go wrong. Yeah. Ask Dave Chappelle. Yeah. You know, Dave Chappelle has yeah. sets where, you know, stuff of, and all comedians, not just Dave. I'm not picking on Dave. Everybody goes through that as an artist. Musicians go through it as artists, but comedians in particular. Yeah. And every time you go out there, there's that risk that this could go terrible and this could be the end. You know, at least of me at this club. Yeah. But it's also a rush mm -hmm. and it's also an opportunity and it's also a chance for me to chart my own course. Mm -hmm. That's the thing I love about comedy, man, because it's like, listen, let's say you work at a restaurant, your pay, you work at a burger joint, mm -hmm. your pay is eight dollars an hour or ten dollars an hour. Right. I don't care if you're the Michael Jordan of flipping burgers. You going behind the back, through the legs, yeah. lettuce and tomato up above, slam dunking it into the damn Happy Meal bags. You're still getting $10 an hour. Yeah. The thing I love about comedy is that there's no limit. And if you're an artist and you bet on yourself, there's no limit. Now, the only downside is you could end up homeless. Mm -hmm. There's that part. <laughs> yeah, there's right. But if you can if you can embrace that risk. And really bet on yourself. There's just no limit to what you can do, mm -hmm. man. I've seen it too many times, whether you're talking about Seinfeld, Steve Harvey, Kevin Hart. You, some of these guys living out of cars, man. Somebody, I mean, uh, guys, females going through all sorts of stuff, man. Yeah. But they bet on themselves. And that, that's the way you got to do it, man. If, yeah. Particularly if you don't come from money. If you ain't want to admit Romney's kids, you, you got to figure something out if you want to hit a certain plateau. Yeah. So. But you have to also you know, understand the, the amount of work. I mean... We didn't start hearing about Jerry Seinfeld. We didn't start mm. hearing about Jay Leno until they had gotten through that. Yes. That like working that you know Jay Leno worked the door at the comedy store and slept in his car in the alley behind the comedy store and mm. got up and went and worked for for eight years for ten years like Steve said, you know. So you don't. It, I think you know a lot of people think that you know oh I'm going to be you know I'm going to be Seinfeld and I'm going to you know, work for six months at the, you know, at the comedy zone and, you know, I'm going to get discovered. And it just doesn't work that way. It does one in a million. Yeah. Yeah. For, you know, for people like you and me, I mean, I'm, um, I mean, my career isn't comedy per se, but um, I mean, I'm still, you know, I've been doing it 25 years and I'm still not where I want to be. Mm. Mm. Um, and it's just because of the, the, industry that I work in, it's not because I'm not putting in the time. It's not because I'm not, you know, doing the work. It's just because that's just the way it is. You've got to do the work. You've got to put in the time yeah, in order for it to pay off. But and it, you get that. Oh. You know, you know that, you know, you've got to run an open mic in Fort Mill before you, mm -hmm. before, you know, you got to host fight night. You've got to mm -hmm. work, you know, all kinds of different things before you even, you know, hope to get a shot. And dude, and that's, you know, and all that is with whatever's going on in your life, you know, right. with a new marriage, with, you know, some of these people, some people got kids, some people got all sorts of things, man. But if you love something, you, you know, you go for it and you take as long as it takes. And you mentioned a, a, an important phrase there um, until you are where you want to be. But, you know, you may get to where you want to be financially, mm -hmm. but if you're a true artist, you should never be where you want to be. Right. You know right. what I mean? That's what I love about comedy is that it's so ever evolving, man. Like when I sat here with some of the amazing guests we've had that have 20, 30 years in comedy, man, every single person you talk to has different things they want to conquer artistically. And that should be a process much like self-improvement that never stops until the day you take your last breath. There yeah. should be something. 
yeah. that, you know, there's still a level that, you know, whatever else, man. It's just it's just constantly what's the next thing? Even talking to, you know, you're talking to Steve today. Steve's done late night shows, movies, TV, had his own sitcom, all that stuff. And he's sitting here talking about what's next. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just that hunger as an artist, man. And that's how you can how you can spot a true artist, man. Stevie Wonder still, you know, playing with concepts and doing different things, adding things to his live performance. Prince is the same way. It just and that's what I love about it, man. It's just it's this never ending quest for the perfect set. There is no such thing. Yeah. But that's the beauty of the chase is that you always want to and you grow and develop that way and you never fall out of love with it. You think back to uh, Bob Saget. On our first show, oh, man. who? How many of us would you know cut off a left arm to have his career mm-hmm. right now? You know, if it ended today, mm-hmm. he's had a great career. One of the first things he said when you asked him, you know, why do you continue to do this? First thing out of his mouth, I still haven't done what I wanted to. <laughs> Somebody that's accomplished all that yeah. he has. Yeah. So, and that's and that's that's the part of it that I'm in love with, man, and that most true artists are in love with. Like, it's 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 that is that there's always something else. There's something every time I wake up in the morning that I still need to do. Yeah. So that that you know, that's why we do this and that's that's why we love it, you know? And that's and and it's good when you have a spouse or a family, which is why I asked Steve, people that'll come along with you. Who gets it? For that for that journey. Yeah. They not may not be artists themselves, but they're willing to take that ride. And that's what my wife has been willing to do. Now we got this great thing where when I finish my shows, I get people's email addresses Mm -hmm. and you know, when they, and I I put them into my email database. So that way I can send a blast out, letting people know where I'm performing, when website information, social media information. I'm really trying to step my game up there. Well, my wife now I'll give her the list and she puts it all in the database. So I don't even have to do that stuff. And I explained to my wife, I said, uh, you know this company we're building here. <laughs> prior to this part, I had already made her like chief something, and I said yeah. you've slept your way to the top. <laughs> it, it, I mean, essentially, because yeah. you know yeah. you you haven't put in the legwork yet, but you're reaping yeah. these benefits. <laughs> you're sleeping your way to the top. So finally, my wife is you know she's uh, she's really in there and uh, and and really helping me build this thing, man. It's it, this comedy yeah. thing is is a family business for us. And it's something that we've been able to share, and, and she helps motivate me. If you got somebody you love, man, you look over at him, you want to provide for him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she continues to be a driving force, and she's helpful. But it takes so many different things to interlock the right way yeah. for, you to, for you to get to certain places. So. It's been a good You're ride. using uh, Chimp Monkey for your... Uh, I am know? using Chimp Mail, uh, Chip Monkey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude. Brian tried to tell me the name of this email thing. That's how technologically incompetent I am. <laughs> Brian tried to tell me 10 different times the name of the damn thing was MailChimp. <laughs> and every time I would see Brian, i go, so what did you say I need to do on the chip monkey? Uh, the planet monkey, monkey world? <laughs> monkey world. <laughs> I'm the damn worst, man. <laughs> Finally, I learned MailChimp because my wife kept saying it to me. I'm going to get on MailChimp. I said, oh, that shit is called MailChimp. I was calling Yo, it world of monkeys. I like monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one, Brian. I'm the freaking worst <laughs> but but i got people around me like yourself my wife and you know we work together to create some cool stuff man so i, I, I lean i lean on people man because i'm bad stuff. with that yeah <laughs> so anyway uh i we didn't we didn't talk for a long time i, I think that's yeah i it, think right? um yeah we got deep and then and then and then uh, Chip Monkey brought us out of it. We got deep too. and we had some fun with the, <laughs> with the Chip Monkey. Every week I might just tell a different story about how technologically incompetent I am. Oh, Chip Monkey. Me- <laughs> I can't even say it. Chip Monkey makes me so happy, though. So that's for all, all the other comedians out there. If you want to start building your fan base and inputting your stuff, use Chip Monkey, man. I'm going to buy Chip Monkey right now. Yeah, I'm going to go on to my... <laughs> find Chip Monkey, man, and go ahead and get busy. Oh, uh, that's this week's podcast. Lord. Thank you all so much for tuning in. We'll get at you next week. Bye. Comedy Zone podcast is a production of Comedy Zone Worldwide and is recorded in a bunker just off the Comedy Zone showroom at the NC Music Factory in Charlotte, North Carolina. The executive producers of the Comedy Zone podcast are Brian Hepburn, Lisa Barr, and Brian Baltashevitz. Original music composed and performed by John McKeever. <laughs>